Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are back. Wow, the first hour. Wow. Well, I meant to talk about a lot of other things in the world of sports. Um, we, I'm, I'm awaiting, um, I'm awaiting uh, uh, Brandon Robinson to call. Hopefully, that, uh, are, we, are we free on our lines and whatnot? Because uh, he's saying, are, we, are all lines open? Okay, show lines are okay. Show lines are open um, for um, the waiting from waiting for Brandon call. There's, oh, uh, my calling lines are also open. Two one five six three four eight zero six five one eight six six three six one zero nine hundred. A lot of things we're talking about today. Like I said earlier, Demarcus Cousins and Matt Barnes uh, gave up um, or, or offering to pay for the funeral of Stephon Clark, and um, it's really that 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 was sad. It was a, a needless needless death. And um, it was just a needless situation where the cops just basically unloaded their pistols on this guy and killed him. And, you know, it's just not right. Even if even if he if if he did something, if he did something wrong and everything, um, I just don't think um, um, I just I just don't think that that a bullet should be emptied out on this guy and everything. I just I just find it I just it's terrible. It's it's a terrible thing. Um and I think that at the end of the day, um at the end of the day this has to stop. It just absolutely has to stop. Black people have to stop being killed by the cops. The cops have to be held accountable for what they for what for what they're doing. They have to be held accountable. Um so from that standpoint, um, from that standpoint, um, we have to uh, we got to talk about that. Hold on one sec. So we got to talk about that. That Michael Bennett, who the Eagles, the Eagles' newest uh, defensive end, um, basically has been indicted in, on charges of injuring an elderly person. For what I understand, there are some obvious holes in that situation. And so if there's a video out there and all this other stuff, but I, I'll say this because I know people down, maybe people down in Houston are probably saying Michael Bennett is guilty already. And I, I hope that's not the case. I mean, the Eagles said the Eagles issued a press release saying that they have no further comment. They're just going to let everything go on and let the justice system 
system, you know, take its course. And um, and so from that standpoint, we'll we'll see what happens there. And um, there are some obvious double standards we can talk about as well. And so now, going getting back to the uh, to the full sports um, uh, part of our show, Philadelphia 76ers are in the fourth position in the Eastern Conference, but. Um, but coming on strong, and I watched them the other night, was those Cleveland Cavaliers. They got uh, Kevin Love back. And I wonder, and I'm wondering, how is that going to change the race? How will that change that race out there in the West, in the East? Now that Kevin Love is back, the LeBron is looking as like, well, LeBron had triple-double. I mean, this guy's incredible. Brandon, what's up in the Eastern Conference? Are we at that point where uh, are the Cavs back? Well, I don't think they necessarily ever really left. I think when you look at the uh, Cavaliers, I mean, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. Um, I think that the thing that really helped the Cavs was that trade deadline, um, those moves. Uh, and I think that... Next to LeBron James, the other person who's been pretty consistent throughout the season is former Philadelphia 76er Kyle Corver. Right. Um, but I, I think when you add um, a healthy Kevin Love, um, you, you spread the floor a little more. You know, Larry Nance Jr. has been strong defensively and just rebounding like crazy. You know, um, you, you have a, a Jordan Clarkson who's, who's the sidekick to LeBron in a sense. Or, you know, but then on top of it, um, you know, you have guys like Rodney Hood who can come in and do what he needs to do. And, and then, not for nothing, man, last year um, the Cavs brought in Darren Williams. In my opinion, George Hill was everything that Darren Williams was supposed to be. Wow. Last year. Mm. So I, I think when you look at the Cavs and you look at even somebody like Kevin Love who, you know, um, has fixed his, his shooting uh, stroke while he was out with an injury, um, I think you, you add solid shooting. I think one of the things that really messed up the Cavs in the finals last year was was, was shooting. Yeah. Because um, you you got to be able to go toe-for-toe toe with, with, with the Warriors and um, who's injured in and of itself right now. But I think um, I think you have the total package. You've got young guys, you have shooters, and, and you got guys that can, can make defensive stops. And I haven't seen LeBron James play this style fluid um, since high school, you know, wow. like actually having fun. Wow. No, I, I, I don't. I don't mean it in the sense to knock LeBron, but I think that you know LeBron is 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 a, is a facilitator who who happens to be able to score. He's having fun on the floor like a Penny Hardaway or uh, a, a Magic Johnson right about now, and I, and, I, and it reminds me so much of watching him playing in high school. So no shade there. I, I think Miami was just a different system, but. He's playing more like the point forward that I remember watching him play like in high school. Wow, that's that's a huge statement because Toronto Toronto was Toronto's been playing well. Um, Boston eh, Boston's been there, but in the Eastern Conference, which I mean, at this point, who's favorite? Is, is Cleveland still favorite in East? Even though Toronto's having a great season, <laughs> Kyle Lowry's playing better. They've got a whole a whole. Good cast of players. Boston is, is is always good defensively, and you know you. I I, I just wonder are, are are those teams at the end of the day still underdogs, even though they have better records than Cleveland at this point. I think the Eastern Conference uh, is just at a log end with talent, even going into C four. 
Uh, in the Sixers. Conference, which is the Sixers at 41 and 30 winners, uh, five in a row, 73 in their last 10. I think you're hitting a stretch in the, um, in, in, towards the playoffs where you're really seeing, you know, the, the men amongst boys or even those boys who are becoming men. Um, and I, and I think that when you, when you look at, um, what the Raptors have done, I think the Raptors have been the caval any team that's LeBron James's team's little brother for years, and you're seeing the, the Raptors coming of age. One thing that I think is significant about, um, the, the Raptors, you mentioned Cardinal Doherty's own, uh, Kyle Lowry out of Philly. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you mentioned, um, or you didn't mention, but I'm going to mention him, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar, uh, yeah, what, he's playing really well. What has what has made him stand out to me um, this year, I call it the Vince Carter effect. Um, he developed an outside jumper. Consistent. Wow. And, you know, you know him as a high flyer, but, you know, the one thing that I like about DeMar DeRozan, and, and I've, and I've like that about him um, since he came into the league. Um, he's a guy who studied Kobe, Lower Marion High School's own Kobe Bryant, and he's always finding ways to get better. He's never steady. He's never comfortable. It's kind of like he's 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 comfortable being uncomfortable, but comfortable in himself. Even aside from basketball, you know, coming out and talking about mental illness, something that Kevin Love also has talked about, something right. that they both struggle with. But you really just see. DeMar DeRozan being comfortable in himself this year. And that, I, I think, the outside jumper and just his tenacity has accentuated all those other things um, that are the dichotomy of him. But but I think when I look at um, the Raptors, I, I think they can legitimately compete with the, with the Cavs, although they lost to the Cavs the other day. What did LeBron have 15 or 17 assists in the game? No turnovers. I think he had 17 assists in that game. No turnovers, 30 points. I mean... I think LeBron is a is a human pinball machine, but the playoffs are a different animal. And and as it relates to the Boston Celtics, I mean, let's 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 keep it real. If they beat a playoff team without their star player Kyrie Irving, mm. a Western Conference playoff team without Kyrie Irving, I don't think so. I don't think so. And that that's a concern. I mean, that that is a concern right now. I mean, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, to me, proved himself to be a superstar. Remember, he saved the Cavs in that NBA Finals a couple of years ago. He, he did, and to be honest with you, um, you, you really, I think, uh, an article came out in ESPN's The Undefeated uh, the other day, and it talked about the oral history of um, Kyrie Irving's play um, at Duke University. And I don't think people, people kind of forget Kyrie Irving in, at Duke because he only played 11 games. But in those 11 games, he became the first pick in the 2011 NBA draft by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, I mean, the stuff that Kyrie was doing at Duke um, is pretty much what Kyrie is doing now. Um, I I just think that the world had to catch up with him. And I think, you know, those few years in Cleveland and then when LeBron and he joined together in Cleveland was something special. But Kyrie was always talented, unfortunately or fortunately. It took him teaming up with LeBron and him getting his own sneaker and to be appearing in, in, in multiple finals appearances for him to really um, get people's attention. But I think the way that he's playing in Boston is how he's always played. I covered him in high school. Um, mm-hmm. He was more of a Chris Paul-type player in high school at St. Patrick's High School in Elizabeth, Jersey. But um, where he's at now, um, he's where he's supposed to be. And I wonder what would have happened had he not gotten hurt in the 2015 uh, NBA Finals, and I've always said I thought Kyrie Irving was a better basketball player than Steph Curry. Steph Curry's just in a great, it was in a system that 
benefited his 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 skill set. But yeah, I think Kyrie and the Boston Celtics are something special, and they're not even who they're supposed to be yet. Jason Tatum, the Morris, uh, uh, one of the Morris twins is, is there. You know, they, they have Gordon Hayward that's, that's hurt right now. But you know, you, you got a great young group of folks coached by uh, a, a good basketball coach um, and Brad Stevens, and, and the sky's the limit. Right. That's gonna, and it's going to be interesting play, playoff series in the East. And I'm going to talk about the Sixers real quick. Um, the Sixers, five in a row. They feed Orlando. They're winning the games against teams that are sub-500. And I think you need to win those. You, you're supposed to win those games, right? Uh, yeah. And, and, but the problem I, that, that I see with them, though, is although the, I, I think that I think the playoffs might be suited for them in a sense that it'll force them to kind of play a half-court game, which means that basically you're going to leave um, Joel Embiid in a low post. They're in the fourth seed right now. How would What would happen in a potential Indiana versus Philadelphia series? Um, you're going to see two young teams that both have something to prove. And, and, and you look no further. When you look at the Pacers, you look at a Victor Oladipo that has something to prove. Yeah, uh, a guy, a guy that uh, many <laughs> looked at as as Russell Westbrook's little brother, more than a, a viable starter uh, in, in the NBA and in, in an Eastern Conference team. Uh, you know, you're going to see a Mouse Turner, uh, Joel Embiid matchup, and, and I think they're both ready. I think they're both young vets that that have something to prove. When you look at that Sixers team and you look at that Pacers team, they're both two teams that nobody thought would make a playoff run this year. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think when I look at that Pacers team, looking at going into the season, to me, yeah, they lost Paul George um, and, and they got Oladipo, but I thought that their season was over. But there are a few factors um, that benefited the Pacers. Um, number one, you're looking at an Atlanta Hawks team who made the playoffs last year that's nowhere to be found. You're looking at that's 15th place in the NBA's Eastern Conference, and you're looking at a Chicago Bulls team. Um, that went to playoffs last year. That's not there. So you got to fill that somewhere. You know, you know the Raptors, the Celtics, the Cavs, uh, and the Wizards were going to be there. You were uncertain about the Heat. Uh, you knew the Bucks would be there. You thought the Pistons would be there. The Pistons started out hot. So who fills that void? The Pacers. Um, I, I think that the Pacers. You know, the Pacers are a team um, that I, I think matches up well with the Sixers because they're both young teams. Um, and they both have something to prove, like I said. But when you look at um, the Sixers, um, you know, Ben Simmons, who was a threat to be the NBA's rookie of the year, although I, I'd like to debate that because I think there's somebody in Utah that might have something. That to guy's say. playing well. Yeah, he right. had his own against San Antonio the other night. Um, but, but I think that, you know, to, to go back specifically to the Sixers, you're looking at a, at a Joel Embiid who doesn't even legitimately practice. And right. still giving people a run for their money. Averaging you know, 23 he, points a game. Exactly. You got a TJ McConnell who comes off the bench and, you know, spells Ben Simmons in minutes. And, and when Ben Simmons is an on TJ, is able to go in there and do what he needs to do. Um, but, I, you know, I think strong shooting, um, a, a belief in self, and, and, and you got to go through the struggle before you get to the promised land. For a Sixers team to, to, you know, people to give them the credit to be an AC to go out and, you know, get all the way to four. Um, that's saying something, you know. Is that um, saying something about the coach? Because a lot of people don't like Brett Brown in his town. I don't know why. I think he's been a good coach. I, I mean, what the Sixers have been through this year, 
our young our young team um, pains, you know, growing pains, blowing leads, not some, not learning how to hold leads. But young teams, this is what young teams do. Well, I think that there's a reason why. I think a lot of it has to do, as it relates to Brett Brown, you see a lot of coaches who have come and gone since Brett Brown has been the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and you saw their struggle. And there have been there have been coaches who have been fired for less. Um, and, and for whatever reason, the Sixers have stuck by Brett Brown. But I also do think at times he gets a pass because he comes out of the Greg Popovich coaching tree. That's true. Um, you know, because you look at Budenholzer out in Atlanta, and you know Mike Budenholzer um, came in and you know had some legal stuff that was going on. Not to be, not that that's indicative upon his ability to coach a team, but there have been coaches who have got who, who have done less. I mean, the only person that I can think of who became a head coach of a team went through some legal things and then you know sorted it out was former uh, Milwaukee Bucks and, and Brooklyn Nets coach Jason Kidd, and he's a player, so. You know, a former player, so he, he, he gets a pass because of that. But I, I think as it relates to X's and O's in basketball, there were times where I thought the Sixers were going to let Brett Brown go on it, and they, and they kept him. You right. know, and, and it worked to their benefit. But um, I think the biggest issue with the Sixers um, as it relates to Brett Brown is I think the players genuinely like him. Right. And I think sometimes people can be, become impatient um, because Philly is a top five market. And you know, they want to call for the head. Unlike, you know, the Knicks who have had coaching issues for years. You know, there's talk of whether or not, you know, Jeff Hornacek will return uh, next season, you know, and, and, and will they go in another direction. So I think, you know, oftentimes being in a top five market, folks get impatient. Right. I would tend to agree. Now, I want to shift before we go to break. And what, how, how, are, we, are we at break time? We're not at break time yet. Before we go to break, I want to talk about um, the West. Um, last night, Steph Curry came back. And he has an MCL sprain. After after messing up his ankle, he now has an MCL sprain. What's what, what's going to happen within the power dynamic in the West? You have Houston with the best record. Is is Golden State still the best team in in that conference if they're healthy? I think Golden State is the best team if they're healthy. But I also think that a lot of um. A lot of other teams have figured out the Warriors, if you will. Really? I think there was a mystique to the Warriors last season because Kevin Durant came in and um, they need to figure, people kind of figure, I think he grew into his role with that Warriors team in the finals. Right. Um, I think that when you look at a um, Rockets team, Chris Paul has a lot to prove. James Harden, you know what you're getting. Right. Um, And I think that the play of other role players like Eric Gordon um, and and Ryan Anderson have kind of just juggled with that team. However, they've never been playoff tested. Right. As a group, individually, they've been playoff tested. And I think that the biggest remedy for Steph Curry and Draymond Green and, and, and Clay Thompson and, 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 and Kevin Durant is rest. Right. I think there's so much more pressure uh, put on players nowadays, particularly when it's expected that I always say the Android and iPhone matchup between the Warriors and the Cavaliers is in June. Right. But I also look at, I, I compare it to the Olympics. You know, the Dream Team in 92, you had all these pros. But then right. Argentina, China, and other teams, even Angola, you know, Charles Barkley once said, I don't know Angola, but Angola's in trouble. All those other teams caught up. I think that you have the Rockets who have caught up. 
You right. Know, Damian Lillard is pl- has been playing out of his mind. In Portland. Uh, in Portland. So I, I think, honestly, the Warriors are still the champs. you gotta, you got to meet the champ to beat the champ. But um, I, I think sometimes when you're the you are the regular season favorite, sometimes they just come back to bite you in the butt. Yeah. And that's gonna be, and that's gonna make I think the playoffs interesting. I mean, for some reason, I'm looking forward. This was the first time, Brandon, in a long time. I can't even remember. I'm a big college basketball fan. You know, you know me. I'm a col- I'm more into the college game than I am the NBA. I'm looking for the NBA playoffs. I mean, I'm just waiting for you know the NCAA tournament to happen. Don't get it twisted. It's been a good tournament. But I'm looking for Villanova, Midland, darling. Yeah, villain, and oh, and I wanted to, um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. As speaking, how would you rate Mikael Bridges? Is he a, is he a, um, is is he a uh, lottery pick? I like his game, and could he, could he potentially help his own hometown team if they had the ability to draft him? Well, it would be cool to see the Malvern guy play for the Sixers, but they didn't really need him. I think that, um, I, I think for Mikael Bridges. I think the fact that he is at a school like Villanova that is a Northeast school and, um, you know, is, has the ability to showcase him particularly even more uh, in the Elite Eight, I think that I think time will tell. I think that um, more than anything, um, the fact that he's still in the Northeast, he's playing at um, the TD Bank Garden out in Boston, um, I think the fact that um, Villanova, you know, maybe was less expected to be there than stay at Kentucky. Um, I, I think that Mikel Bridges has something to prove. Um, and I like his style of play, to be very honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, he's a high-level three uh, and, and, and can defend the wing position. I think he'll be a mid-to-late lottery pick. Uh, but I, I think um, I think he's definitely the best draft prospect in Boston this weekend. Um, and I think I like watching him play, to be very honest with you. Um, but I think more than anything, I think he'll be a role player for the modern game. Right. More, I, more like a Danny Green. More like, okay, excuse me. I'm like, okay. From that, because I, I, I like what he brings. I mean, the, guy's a, the guy has an incredible wingspan, 7-2 wingspan. He can defend. He can shoot from anywhere. And um, I just like I like his game. I just like his game. I think the Sixers need like a good wingman who can defend and score. That's just my opinion. Or uh, even even if it's just with the second team, I think. Uh, and I like Robert Covington, but I think that, I like him too. Yeah, I I I think they need somebody who's a little more consistency. But look, I want to I want you I want I want to keep. Can can you stay over the break? Because we gotta go to break. Can you stay I'm here? Okay. All right. You're listening to the Chris Murray Report on 96.1 FM, 900 AM, WRD, Black Talk Media. We'll be right back. Okay. We are back, man. Um, first of all, we still have Brandon Ro- Brandon Robinson on the line with us. And we also have Prince from Schuylkill. Let's hear from Prince. Prince, what do you think of all this? Hey, man. Good afternoon. Let me say that first. Hey. hey you know, hey, hey. Season, six, season ticket holder... I think that, you know, the Sixers, I mean, I'm, I have no optimism at all. I think the whole league. <laughs> I love I it. Whole, I think the whole league has deteriorated. And I, I'm so, I mean, I'm just like, there's no real defense. And I think that the I think that the Golden State is pretty much, you know, they're sleeping to get to the playoffs. And it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland. And, and I, I don't see any other. I mean, I see we put a lot of pieces together with moving Chris Paul. And, and those folks, and, and Blake Griffin, 
But I, I think they only move for economics. I don't think they move for a passion to win the game. And I still see Durant as being unstoppable, but I think it's going to come down to Cleveland, and I think it's going to be Golden State. But I'm just so disappointed in the whole league as a whole because I see a future. only reason why they're existing is because there's no other game in town. But I, I, I think we've destroyed the league, to be truthful. I don't, I don't, I, I don't see when, when you look at uh, MB who can sit out games and play what he wants to and then be dominant in certain games. And then, so when he gets in the playoffs, it's going to be strange to see if he doesn't perform. We're going to ask ourselves, why are we paying him so much money? And like we always do, if you can't win the big game, then why are you here? Right. So, and as far as the coach is concerned, I, I, don't, um, I don't see him as a coach. I think we, we've become a player uh, appreciation coach opposed to a mm. coach coach. Because I don't see the last-minute um, coaching ability. I see more inability, um, especially when they do something stupid, like let Embiid come down and shoot a three-pointer, and the strategy of the game is you're down by six or down by seven, you know, down low you're guaranteed two points. So I, I see it more as a coach appreciation than I do uh, coach to coach players. Brandon, do you, how, do you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, I think um, – Thank you for your commentary. Number one, I do agree with you on the coach appreciation. I think it's become a player, a player, uh, coach friendly league in the sense of, I think one of the last real coaches that's in the league um, is Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. And I think there's a level of respect that players have. It's almost like this Belichick respect um, that players have that when you come into the system, he's like a, a college, a Calipari. I can't even use the Calipari comparison, but he's like the revered college coach. That, that, that's running the organization. But I think, you know, you look at guys like Tyron Lue. Uh, he was LeBron's hand-picked favorite. Um, you even go back to, you know, the Nets days when Jason Kidd was a dad and Lawrence Frank was the guy that was friendly with, you know, Jason Kidd. And when they gave Byron Scott the ax, he came in and, you know, they won a ton of games. But um, I, I do think that there is a sense of, um, I think there's a sense of WWE-ness uh, to the NBA now. Uh, where you just have a lot of guys on microphones. And, you know, the game is just the, the, the formality. But the, the, the storylines is, is sometimes um, more interesting than, than the actual play. I think there is a parity between Vince McMahon and, and, and the NBA, if you will. Um, as far as the two best teams, I would, I would say that, you know, that is Cleveland and that is Golden State. And that's why I said there's an Android iPhone uh, parity there. It depends on whether you want the, the, the iPhone 10 if you can afford it or you want, what are we at? The, 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 the S10 or S8 with the, with the, with the, with the Android. Um, but I do think that um, you bring up a point about the Rockets because if you look at the last couple of years, you know, the Celtics were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and then they lost to the Cavs. Now granted, Isaiah Thomas was hurt, but they weren't going to beat Cleveland anyway. And then you look at, I think it was the year before last, Atlanta was the number one seed. They couldn't beat Cleveland. So I definitely think there's a level of formalities. And, and as I said before, the, the playoffs is a whole new game. So, you know, for Joel Embiid and all those other guys, these are these guys' first um, attempt at uh, the playoffs. But I also do think that when it relates to Philadelphia, I mean, they're not expected to go to the finals. You know, I think a Boston Celtics, their athletic division dwellers are, are more likely to go than, you know, the Sixers. But, you know, I, I do think that the that the, that the Cavs, excuse me, I think that the Celtics and the Cavs will most likely face off in the conference finals if, if, if the numbers uh, match up. But because everybody wants to see Kyrie and LeBron go at it. It, it was the first game we watched 
in the regular season when Gordon Hayward went out. I, I definitely, it's almost like uh, <laughs> sometimes people say presidents are handpicked. It's almost like, you know, the Cavs are handpicked as well as the Warriors are handpicked. And people are definitely coasting going into the playoffs and the finals. The Warriors definitely need rest right about now. Right. See, that, <clears throat> see that's the thing, Matt. And, I, and like I was telling you, I, I'm kind of more excited about the NBA playoffs than I was the NCAA tournament. I mean, the NCAA tournament has lost a little something in that you don't, uh, you have dominant teams, but, you know, now you're you're into it because you like to see the upsets. But the NBA has some um, some compelling storylines. Speaking of which, the one, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, Quad Leonard, there was a team meeting by the uh, San Antonio Spurs, um, you know, talking about whether or not Quad Leonard is coming back. What insight do you have on that? Uh, I mean, I think it was interesting uh, that Tony Parker says he had a similar injury to Kawhi Leonard, but 100 times worse. Um, I, I think Kawhi Leonard is preserving himself, and I think that um, Kawhi Leonard represents... Okay, so you saw how... I'm going to make a comparison. You saw how um, Kyrie Irving and LeBron had it out, and you never saw a player cross LeBron, so to speak, or right. see what was in the best interest of them. Well... Uh, comparatively, you're looking at a Kawhi Leonard who's quietly not uh, believing all the hype and, and is not necessarily going with the flow with a Spurs organization. You know, I, I say the Spurs are often uh, the, the New England Patriots of, of the NBA. I think that um, you're seeing a Kawhi Leonard quietly going against the flow. And it kind of started with LaMarcus Aldridge last season kind of um, mm, going against the flow with, with Greg Popovich, but quietly they worked it out. Kawhi Leonard is, is, realizes his worth um, and realizes what he brings to the table. Um, Stephen A. Smith, a former Philadelphia Inquirer guy, reported, uh, I believe, over the summer that there was something in place uh, where basically the Knicks were looking to acquire Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I spoke with a source of mine uh, who basically said to me that there is a chance uh, that the Knicks' current coach, uh, Jeff Hornacek, could be out. And in turn, uh, Mark Jackson, who's on TV at, ES, at ESPN and ABC currently, uh, is constructing his coaching staff. Uh, and in turn, um, would, uh, there, there is talk that Kawhi Leonard is making his push to become a New York Knicks. Wow. I mean, that would certainly boost that for the Knicks. It, to me, it seems like a, a sin and a shame that the number one market in the country, that the Knicks have been so awful. And, you know, having Quad Leonard there would be a start for them. Yeah, because he actually plays defense. You, you know, you, you have a, a point guard in Emmanuel Moutier. You bring in a Kawhi Leonard. You have a Chris Stapps Porzingis, who's currently um, out, but will be back next season. And, you know, you decide what you're going to do with Michael Beasley and some of those other pieces. But... Um, yeah, I think Kawhi Leonard, um, at 26 years old, um, has something to prove. You know, drafted in 2011, uh, 15 round, uh, picked 15th in the first round, and a guy that definitely, um, definitely would see greener pastures elsewhere, but I think he's playing this pretty smart. Wow. Wow, so that's going to be interesting. Now the Spurs are, what, in the seventh position? The last I checked, maybe I'm, maybe they moved up a couple of notches in the Western Conference. You know, w will he play? Will Leonard play um, in the playoffs, or, or, or is he packing it in for the season? 
Um, well, they're a six seed, um, and I think that um, I think you'll see him. I think you will see him in the playoffs. Wow. Um, coming back earlier, maybe he'll, he'll do some tune-up games uh, towards the end of the season next month, but um, you don't want to just be playing in the game shape. You want to kind of uh, have a few games under your belt and then go into the, into, uh, the playoffs doing something special. Because, I mean, this time last week, they were out of playoff uh, picture. And um, it's interesting to see uh, the Timberwolves go all the way down to being a seventh seed, but that's because of the strong play of the Portland Trailblazers uh, right, in the last right, 10 games. And, right. and as well as the Thunder. Wow. I was going to say, talk about that Thunder team. Where are they right now? I mean, they're, 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 they've been kind of laying around. I understand Melo is hurt. And all that, and and I'm wondering, you know, I'm wondering, are they going to be a factor in this playoff? Are they going to give somebody a tough series? Could they, could they go beyond their first round series? Coming, you know, if, if if that's possible. I mean, are are they are they good enough to threaten anybody at the top? Well, I think when you look at the the recurrent uh, playoff picture, if if uh, the playoffs were to end today, you'd have a second seed Warriors playing against uh, a Minnesota Timberwolves team, and you'd have a third. Play- you'd have a la, 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 la. you'd have a Thunder Pelicans matchup in the first round. Okay, wow. I think you. I think we know where this will go. <laughs> so I think that gives them kind of an early, uh, an early um, breather. But you know, Anthony Davis is no chump change either. Right. Um, but but I, I think that the Warrior, excuse me, I believe that the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder team, um, whenever you have Russell Westbrook on the court, um, you, you, you're guaranteed a, a pretty good matchup. Um, I think uh, Melo being hurt wasn't going to stop Russell Westbrook from being great. And Russell uh, Westbrook is great. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think the one question that we've had about the, the, the OKC Thunder since the preseason was their bench. Right, um, you know, but I, I think at the same time, a, a defensive stopper in Stephen Adams in the post, um, a, a a Paul George who's a good complimentary piece to uh, Russell Westbrook, and a, and a Melo who has something to prove, you know, post Knicks, it seems that that, that Melo's winning even versus the, versus the Knicks uh, currently because they're currently in the playoff picture, but. I think for the for the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think it's going to come down to who they play in the playoffs, um, and also um, playoff experience. Right. Melo has some playoff experience. Russell Westbrook has been to the finals. Paul George has gone to the Eastern Conference Finals back when the Pacers played uh, the Miami LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh led Miami Heat. Um, but I think it's going to come down to seeding and who wants it more. We know Russell wants it. Um, but I, again, it comes down to um, it comes down to really the Warriors and the Rockets. Um, I, I, I want to believe that the Trailblazers will be there because I like Damian Lillard a lot. I like that team, CJ McCollum, um, all those guys on that team. I, I like them because going into the All Star break, we weren't checking for them like that. Right. I was gonna say. Um... 
And I think Damian Lillard would love to face, if that's possible, I, I didn't look at the Western West playoff standings again. Damian Lillard would love to face Houston if for nothing else. There was an incident between him and Chris Paul, early, I don't know if that was earlier this year, where I think uh, the, the, the Rockets were up in the game and it was late in the game, and Houston pretty much had the game won. And, and basically, Chris Paul hits a layup at the end of the game, and Lillard wasn't very happy. I thought they were boys and whatnot at one point. Lillard wasn't happy about that because he felt like, hey, you know, they were running up the score. And so, sure. I mean, I, I, and I have mixed emotions on that. You know what? You play all, you play all 60 minutes, I mean, all 48 minutes of a, of a basketball game. And, you know, was Chris Paul out of line? And, and could Lillard use that as a, I don't know, as a chip on his shoulder if, he, if, if they were to somehow meet at some point in the playoffs? I mean, for sure. I, I think um, Chris Paul is one of the biggest junk talkers uh, in the league. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like you said, the game was won. I believe it was a 121-112 uh, uh, lead that they had, and, and they were going back and forth. Um, but Chris Paul, I, I can tell you from players that I spoke to at times, well, not at times, uh, he feels like he's the elder statesman. And a lot of these young guys, when they come into the league, he'll take them under their wing and he'll mentor them. And then when they get to be a little bit better, he kind of changes face. Wow. Um, and I know that that bothers a lot of younger players, particularly those players who came in like 2011 to like 2015. I, I know players, you know, Chris Paul rubs them the wrong way. You know, when he gets to a certain point, he don't speak to them anymore. He doesn't. He, he's not bothered with them just because he's they're a threat. So, you know, the, I don't know their the, the, the dynamics of their relationship specifically, but you know, I can tell you that um, knowing the competitor that Damian Lillard is and knowing the competitor that Chris Paul is, um, that would be a, a fire matchup. Wow, and that, ladies and gentlemen, um, is 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 why I'm looking forward to this NBA playoffs more than I than I ever have. Because I love the storylines, I like I like this kind of thing. So, Brandon, I got as always, I got thank you, brother. I I appreciate you, man, more than anything. Because, like I say, and I like the fact that you're a younger voice in in this game and everything. Because we need your insight, and I and I like the fact. I, man, I see you all over Instagram. You with celebrities, all this other stuff, man, and all stuff that would in some cases get me in trouble with my significant other. But. <laughs> Um, but then, no, I mean, I, I admire your hustle and I admire the things that you're doing um, with your career and all this other stuff. And uh, that's why I count on Scoop B. I'm, and like I say, now that I, I think I figured out how to use the podcast function on my phone because you know I'm old, you know I'm old school and all this other stuff. So I'm gonna definitely lock in onto your shows and whatnot. And we'll, you know, and I'll. And one thing I'm gonna try to stop doing is saying and whatnot. That's a bad habit I have. But the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, um, listen to uh, Brandon. Tell tell us where your where your podcast is again. You guys can check out Scoop B Radio. Uh, it's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher app. Everywhere in between, you can also visit ScoopBRadio.com. We actually made some news this past week. I uh, had Charles Barkley on, and he discussed um, uh, his belief uh, that um, he he would like to get rid of Republicans and Democrats because they're both awful. It actually made us with the Bleacher Report and uh, Breitbart. So you guys can check that out, Scoop B Radio. We got 2 million downloads last year, featured anywhere from uh, ESPN to 
uh, Sports Illustrated to Forbes magazine, every everything, sports, entertainment, lifestyle, l- law, everything in between. Got a lot of different people, and we're getting it done and whatnot, as you would say. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm gonna try. I'm trying to remove that from my radio persona, but that's okay. <laughs> but I, I but I definitely appreciate you, um, ladies and gentlemen. We are about to go to break. We'll come back, and I'll close the show with a few thoughts on some things today. Um, you're listening to 96.1 FM, 900 AM WRD, and the Chris Murray Report. Black Talk Media will be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 